Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I am here, as always, with my co-host, Evan Hoovler. And in the Mike Valverde chair, we have Lead Ismail. Happy birthday to Mike. He has today off. We lit him out of the mines. Well, Lead, how are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be back. Yeah, I was looking. We, you were last on in July. Yeah. Yeah, and this I mean, is a... Uh, we had a three-man pod like this last year when we were all in New Orleans, and uh, we were talking about doing it every year, and uh, COVID said... Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe you might have a different idea. It's our fault for COVID, our hubris, thinking yeah. that we could do a remote podcast. They had to shut down the country because you can't have football absurdity blowing up like that. That's right. That's right. They said, well, when we were in New Orleans, uh, the, mo- the most insane football game happened. So they were trying to save us from the football equivalent of the chaos dunk. By- yeah, I, I don't think there's ever a game that's going to live up to having watched that live. That was that's one of the best. I mean, that's just one of the best football games, and seeing it in that in New Orleans was incredible. Yeah, I remember, you got, I remember if, that was my first football game I ever went to, and you guys were like, "Okay, never go to another game." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear something crazy? That's the second best Niners Saints game that I've been to, because I was at the playoff game when uh, Alex Smith won it, and then Drew Brees won it, and then Alex Smith to Vernon Davis won it. What? Who were they playing in that game? Wasn't that also the Saints? Yeah, that's what I was saying. This is the second best Niners Saints game that I've ever been oh, to. I thought you said be- second best Niners game. I didn't even think oh, second no. best Niners Saints game. Also, yeah, you've been to the the two best ones. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, um, uh, a, a little recap, a little classico. If you guys don't know Waleed, he's one of the founders of the site. He uh, he comes on every once in a while. So uh, we didn't have Evan on Tuesday because uh, uh, Evan, I hope everything's okay. All good. Yeah. Yeah, I had just a very precautionary medical procedure. Yeah, and um, today we don't have Mike because it's his birthday. So Evan, how are you doing today? It's your it's your kid's birthday. God, yeah, it's been a week. Uh, I'm happy to be here. This is probably the least stressful thing I'm doing all week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, a little bit of talking about week 14. So this is your first episode of the podcast. What we do is we. Uh, Preview the week 14 ahead. This one comes out on Friday, so we talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football, which that should be over pretty quick because uh, the game was over pretty quick. And uh, we ask questions as to what we're looking for uh, in the games this weekend. So Mike actually prepped some questions. Usually Mike would uh, you know, present his questions, but I'll present it and then we'll talk about it a little bit. And uh, that's how we'll get the preview done. If you like what you hear on this episode, you can subscribe to our Patreon, where on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, if the NFL schedule gods deem it appropriate, we talk about what we saw the prior weekend, basically get the answers to these questions. That's at patreon.com slash football absurdity. And it is only $3 a month. Uh, we're coming up on the off season in the off season. We do an episode every week, but half of the episodes are behind the paywall in the Patreon feed. So we have a lot of off season content there, a lot of stuff to talk about. So uh, if you like what you hear, please subscribe. It's three bucks a month. It's, it's not that expensive and it helps us uh, keep going. So, Guys, did you did you watch Thursday Night Football last night? And if you did, how much of it did you watch? I honestly didn't get a chance to watch it. And honestly, if I had had a chance looking at that score, I would have turned it off in like five minutes. Yeah, I believe it was 17 nothing. And and the Rams were driving and I said, OK, if the Rams score here, I'm turning off the game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm going to mercy roll myself from watching this game. But um, I watched I mean, it all. You, I, I ended up watching Sweet, it all. juicy, delicious Bill Belichick tears? Why not? Give me four yeah. words of that. See, that only goes so far for me. I'm an NFC 
I'm an NFC fan, so I don't I, I don't care so much about Patriots tears as as obviously a Raiders fan would. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's personal for you, Evan. What did what did the Patriots ever do to you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. All right. So it was Rams 24, Patriots three. And like I said, at one point it was 17, nothing. So this game actually seemed closer than it was. Rams are now nine and four. Patriots are six and seven. And when I say closer than it seemed, I know 24 to three is not a close game at all. But um, in this one, uh, Mike wanted to know if uh, Cam Akers could be top 24. And I I think we can uh, say that he should be top 24, 29 carries, 171 yards, uh, kicked in two receptions for 23 yards. So almost just a hair under 200 total yards. This was Cam Akers' big coming out game. Um, as a Cam Akers truther, I was very happy to see it. As somebody who had given up on Cam Akers in some leagues, I was displeased to see it. But uh, but yeah, um, what are we thinking about Cam Akers for the rest of the season? Do you think I, that he's I actually up the... Kind of put it in, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, say, I, thought, I like how Evan put it. He was saying, uh, like, he was kind of talking about how all the rookies, like, running backs seem to have started a lot later than they typically would have. Uh, and it has, probably has a lot to do with the lack of an offseason. Yeah, I mean, that that definitely could be part of it. But it's it's so weird when you think about that, where the running backs had an, a harder time transitioning and the wide receivers had an easier time transitioning when usually it's flip-flopped. Yeah. It, it is really weird. Yeah. So that's it was also the best rookie wide receiver class, perhaps of all time. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, and all that group have something to say about that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's top, it's two, top two. Top two, nope. top three. I've, I've, I've seen it ranked anywhere in the top three. I've never seen it ranked outside of top three. Yeah, that yeah. Mike Evans class was, that 2014 class was, whoo. Yeah, that 2014 class was otherworldly, but this was a great class. Yeah, I don't want to disparage this class, but listen, just listen. Uh, uh, Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Brandon Cooks, Calvin Benjamin, Marcus Lee, Jordan Matthews, Devontae Adams, Cody Gardner, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Josh Ross, Dante Walker, John Brown. There we go. Just have to ignore uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin and Marquis Lee, but uh, but yeah, I mean this is this is a great class, and that's um. Imagine having your pick of those receivers and going with Calvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin only joined the league in 2014. He's already flamed out, dude. Yeah. No, it's why I'm like, wow, that was a short career. Calvin Benjamin. Rightfully so. That was back when the the uh, the Panthers were like, all right, here's our plan. We're just gonna have a bunch of giant guys because they got Kelvin Benjamin, and the next year they got Devin Funchess, and then they you were think like, they would have just grabbed La- 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 Laquan Treadwell too. Oh just... God, all bus squad. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, so um, great wide receiver class as we're talking about with Cam Akers. But this is kind of Cam Akers coming out party. I think he quelled any problems that people might have about this reverting back to being a committee because when the Rams were up huge, it was still Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown combined for two carries. I also made a point. I commented on my waiver wire article this past week too. Uh, his snap total, not even this week, last week, uh, if you combined Daryl Henderson and Mark, Ma- Malcolm Brown, uh, he still like doubled them. Oh, yeah. I didn't get a chance to look this morning for snap counts. So um, let me look at that um, while we talk about uh, you guys can roast my question, which is, can Cam do it top 12, despite the fact that he doesn't know how to pass anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> look, 
I think we've all I look, we've seen Bill Belichick make Matt Castle look good. And he can't even fix Cam Newton. At this point, Cam Newton is broken beyond repair as far as I'm concerned. I hope he proves me wrong because uh good Cam Newton only makes football better. But I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean it's it's the way that I've looked at Cam this year is they were using him like the classic quarterback, like right around the time of the advent of the forward pass. It's like you're going to run the ball mostly and sometimes you're going to pass it. That's why you see people talking about, oh, well, Cam Newton hasn't thrown for that many touchdowns. Well, he had 11 rushing touchdowns going into last night's game. Like that's his game right now is to run the football. Why why Uh, would you throw it when you can just run it in? Exactly. He should make that choice every time. It's I would say it's safer, but he has a propensity to fumble. So Cam Newton has over twice as many rushing touchdowns as passing touchdowns right now. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Does he have five passing touchdowns? Yep, and an eleven rushing. I knew he had the eleven. Yeah. So uh, we'll lead to your point about the snap counts for the Rams. Uh, Cam Akers had fifty. Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown had seven and six respectively. So this is that's a huge boost after last week, too. Yeah, at this point, I'm sad that I didn't notice. I noticed after that game that Cam Akers was available in the league and I had and I would have grabbed him and it was too late. And now it's going to be a fight. Yeah, he played more snaps than any given Rams wide receiver. Woods played 49, Cup played 39, Reynolds played 35. And that was the most. So that's kind of crazy. Uh, but they do tend to uh, rotate their their wide receivers. So as for the actual stats for what Cam Newton did, other than laughing at him, nine for 16, 119 yards, no touchdowns and interception. He ran the ball seven times for 16 yards. Guys, I had the ultimate monkey paw from this game. I'm going to start talking about things we didn't ask about. Uh, guess who led the entire game in receiving yards? Nikhil Harry, oh. baby. Nikhil Harry. The goat, my large adult son. He had 49 I, yards. <laughs> that I, led the- I I understand like physically why so many people seem to love him. I just don't. I've never seen it. I've never understood it. Well, I can tell you why I loved him. And it's something that I've learned about my process. It is yeah. that I greatly underestimate an ability to get open, which means I greatly overestimate making uh, catches with people hanging all over you. And that was Nikhil's Harry, Nikhil Harry's game in college. And that's, yeah. that's the, you know, gotten worse in the pros. I forget who said it. Uh, they said that, you know, you watch Nikhil Harry run routes and it's like, it's looks like he's never run a route before. Like he runs the, the Drake route from the music video. It's just like, he can't get open. And so I've abandoned Nikhil Harry. Um, so of course he's going to be the next Devonte Parker slash Corey Davis. I still have a problem. Like, grabbing Corey Davis or Devontae Parker because those are two guys that, well, they've betrayed me. They've broken my heart too often. I I just, I don't trust them. I can't. All right. Well, we'll get there with those guys. Let's, let's talk more about Nikhil Harry. Now, um, Demir Bird led, (laughs) led the, uh, uh, Patriots in targets and receptions. I saw somebody ask on Twitter. They're like, you know, why why is Jacoby Myers so cheap? Like, why don't we care about Jacoby Myers this week? He leads the team in snap or uh, target share. Cam Newton threw the ball 16 times. I don't care if you lead the team in, in target share if somebody's yeah. only throwing the ball 16 times. It doesn't matter. That's not enough targets to go around. So I think yeah, J- Jacoby Myers is a guy that you should have on your radar for next year when they hopefully have a quarterback who can throw the football. Because it, why would you want any part of the Patriots passing game? Like, that's insane to me. 
Patriot second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo, who says no. <laughs> just trade it back. Just take backsies. I would. I'm sure they would take that. Yeah. Um, for the Rams side, it was a dismal day in the passing game because uh, pick six from Cam and a bunch of rushing from Cam Akers and a, a quarterback sneak from Jared Goff was pretty much all she wrote. Uh, so they did a lot of turtling. Like I said, Cam Akers ran the ball 29 times. Um, so they didn't have to pass a lot. Cooper Cup scored a touchdown, saved her butt there. But uh, Tyler Higby, who my opponent started against me this week in a must-win game for me, two for 34, and he actually led the Rams in passing. So, um, I mean, like I said, there's not much to talk about for this game unless there's anything else you guys want to add. Bill um, Belichick's tears. Oh, do we roster any Patriots? Going into the playoffs, they have Miami and the Bills the next two weeks. I I, I wouldn't trust that. I wouldn't trust anyone on that offense, honestly. Uh, maybe Damian Harris, but I'm not it, starting him. And yeah, 11, 11 for 50. Streak, yeah. Uh, 11 for 50, I guess, to, to protect against... Um, your whole team bottoming out, your whole team catching COVID. Uh, as for the Rams, uh, the passing game gets a great couple weeks versus the Jets and at the Seahawks, so I wouldn't worry too much about your uh, Rams passing game. Oh and um, next week's going to be a freaking Rams bonanza. Start all your Rams next week against the Jets in the second round of the playoffs or the I'm, first round. Start all your receivers against. I mean, those are the two, the top two uh, passing offenses. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, defense. I'm sorry, defenses that have given up passing yards. And you're forgetting the Falcons. So two out of the three. Yeah. But two no, out I, of three ain't bad. Oh, I was I was saying their defenses for giving up passing yards. Falcons are actually behind them because I just. Oh, you're talking yards. Yeah, yards. I'm talking just passing yards given up. Uh, Seahawks are one. Jets are two. There you go. So start everybody. Just start everybody with an LAR next to their name. Pretty much. So all right. Um. Yeah, let's let's uh, close up shop on Thursday night football. Um, before we talk about uh, the games this weekend, just want to remind everybody to check out our Discord. Discord is tiny.cc/fbabsurdity. Um, we had a great discussion in there this morning about quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, uh, marginal quarterbacks, what teams should be doing um, in there. And also, I almost uh, murdered somebody because I thought they were suggesting should I start Ian Thomas, but it was a, a lowercase L, not a capital I. They were asking about Logan Thomas. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, what is happening? And then I'm, yeah, oh, it, was, it reminded me of like when the Discord was founded, like what is it, two years ago, where we would get the most, the easiest to answer questions, and then people would think we're like psychic wizards when we gave them the obvious answer. Yeah, now now it's it's starting to be uh, uh, the, a little bit tougher questions. The the level of discourse has definitely ri- risen this season, and uh, you know, thank everybody in the Discord for doing that, because uh, you know we can't will that into existence. We just have to. Uh, uh, work with what we have so um and we got a great discord we do have a great discord i love the guys in there except for one person and they know who they are <laughs> all right let's get into the game Whoa, I'm right fired. are you gonna take that well lead I'm, I'm right here and i can't believe he'd say that hey He's you know what wait until i guessed it you know what if that's if that's who you think i'm talking about uh then uh you know maybe i, I don't like you for a reason <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, if you keep up, I don't like you for a reason. If you keep up on our Tuesday episode, I think I mentioned that I was getting uh, Cyberpunk 2077 in the mail and uh, I still have not played it. And I don't plan on playing it because they shipped it without the uh, Xbox X update. 
So I'm just going to shelve that for now and we'll go from there. So if you guys were wondering, Mike wanted a review. So no review because I'm not going to play it till they do the, uh, the update. Uh, all right, let's get into actual football. The reason why everybody's here, Houston and Chicago is the first game. This is a 10 a.m. game. Houston is four and eight. Chicago is five and seven uh, this is a 46 point over under houston for some reason one and a half point favorites and um four injuries in this one david johnson is out the texans actually put him on COVID ir today uh brandon cooks is limited but should play uh he has a neck injury and a foot injury for the bears will lead your best wide receiver deandre carter is on the COVID list and darnell moody with a personal issue is likely out. And I'm wondering if the personal issue is actually a hidden COVID thing because David Johnson was originally dealing with a personal issue. I think that might be a, a hidden mandate from the I, NFL. I to... feel like his personal issue is Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, that is, that is a very personal issue that frankly, all the bears receivers have. Yikes. Well, he, except for Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson is cursed to always play with a bad quarterback. Allen Robinson. Yeah. He like, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He will find a way to succeed, which just makes me sad that he's probably not going to be here next year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for a pick swap in the first round. Who says no? Ugh, I do. Oh, you guys don't have a pick. <laughs> it's it's with we the, have first uh, round pick. Oh, I thought the Raiders were still getting it. for nope. little back. They've Raiders got all the picks they're going to get from us until our next bad trade. All right. Uh, Derek, Carr, trade. Derek Carr for the second rounder. Who says no? No, I'm just I kidding. Would, I all would right. take Derek Carr over anything we have. All right. Evan, I don't think Evan wants to give up Derek Carr. Evan, you want to know if Houston's defense is a high floor play this week uh, in Chicago? Yeah. So through the last four weeks, Chicago's offense has given up double-digit fantasy points to whomever they've been playing uh, uh, their fantasy defense. And last week they played Detroit, who nobody has no defense, and they still got a, a respectable six points. Uh, Cincinnati, before that long streak, uh, no, that's New Orleans. Never mind. Uh, I was going to say Cincinnati did good. Uh, so I'm thinking Houston's D's probably going to get me five to ten points, right? It's available everywhere. Can, can, can I uh, comment on this? Because I do our uh, streaming defenses article. Uh, weekly, and I actually my number two option was the Houston Texans defense against Chicago, and I'm going to pull up uh, some uh, one of the things I said about Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, in five games started this season, Mitchell Trubisky has ten turnovers and twelve sacks. Is that bad? Uh, five games, he's averaging two turnovers a game and like two and a half sacks. Is that bad though? Uh, that seems terrible to me. Oh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know, like, what you're looking for in a quarterback. But if it was, like, 10 touchdowns and no sacks, I'd be way happier with him. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good call to start the Houston defense this week against Chicago. I, uh, and, I, and I don't feel bad saying that in front of you, Waleed. I, are you kidding me? I'm recommending it. I, I know. That's why I don't feel bad. I am rooting for Deshaun Watson to clown the Bears because I'm still mad at them for not drafting Deshaun Watson. If he doesn't score six touchdowns, how are they going to learn that you need to scout quarterbacks when you plan on drafting a quarterback? Here's the thing. You say, if he, unless he scores six touchdowns, which he hasn't done yet. Now, he, then... might, he doesn't need to be. He just needs wait, to wait, 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 wait. But Waleed, guess who has scored six touchdowns already? Mitch uh, Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky. Ah, I was coming in there with that. Oh, I forgot about that game. Was that Tampa? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, La- uh, yeah, Tampa. Uh, so checkmate. All right. You, you could say Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson are pretty much interchangeable. Yeah. I think oh my so. God. Did you know that Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was all, also on the board when you guys traded up one pick Evan to take is the setting position. me up here? Do you because I, I mentioned this to you guys? Yeah. A coworker tried telling me Deshaun Watson and Mitchell Trubisky were the same player, and I had to restrain myself from yelling at yelling in his face for ten minutes. Yeah, that's what I was, I was calling back to that. If, okay, if you if you account like if you normalize for like measurables, skill level, production, uh, talent, everything, then yeah, they're pretty much the same player. But other than that, no, they're what? different. I'm saying if you ignore everything about the two guys, they're the same player. Oh, I thought you said if you normalize, like I meant to say like equalize. So, oh, okay. Yeah. They have a very All similar right. appearance. Yeah. Right. Um. All right, uh, Mitchell Trubisky is might be. I was thinking about it. He might be the ugliest starting quarterback, uh, regular starting quarterback. Right now, it's him, Mike Glennon, and Nick Mullins. They're all not very good looking dudes, and um, and uh, uh, the other two are only part time starters. So I would be just, interested in seeing your full rankings. I was thinking about it because I last week and I tweeted out they showed a picture of Nick Mullins and I was like, is there a bigger quarterback one to quarterback two handsomeness drop off? Jimmy Garoppolo to Nick Mullins. Next week we'll be posting our listicle article, the top ten hottest quarterbacks in the NFL. That's right. It's Jimmy G number one, and then everybody else tied for last. <laughs> All right. So uh, Mike wanted to know if Brandon Cooks is a good top twenty-four play, and um, over the last uh, we'll say five weeks, he's actually been playing pretty well. Uh, he has uh, three games with at least 83 yards. He scored a touchdown in one of them. Uh, last week, he had five for 65. Um, so he was right there on the borderline in top 24. And uh, on the season, he actually has three top 24 games and nine games where he's outside the top 24. So uh, a lot of this has to do with Will Fuller's presence or absence. And that is in half PPR, by the way. Um, a lot of this has to do with Will Fuller's presence or absence. I think with no Will Fuller against the Bears, I think it's going to be a tough go. Um, the Bears have a good pass defense. They have allowed fourth fewest fancy points to the wide receiver this season. Um, although they did let both Marvin Jones and Quintus Cephas light him up last week, but that was. I, yeah, I was going to say, like, I think those numbers are a little bit of a lie. The last few weeks, the Bears defense, the like Bears in general just look like they've quit. And Brandon Cooks. Top 24, I could see it, except for the fact that I don't think Kyle Fuller has quit, who's probably going to be the guy matching up to him. Uh, Kiki Kuti, though, I could see really having a good game and filling that Will Fuller role. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kiki Kuti was in the Will Fuller role last week, so uh, getting those downfield targets. But, yeah, we'll lead to your point. In, uh, since week nine, and they had a buy in there, so this is four games. So in the last four games, the, Bear have allow- the Bears have allowed – one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different guys to score at least 10 fantasy points against them in half PPR. So, um, yeah, they, they have kind of hit the skids recently. And um, maybe uh, maybe there are frauds. Who knows? I hate to say the F word, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't think that, I don't think the Bears defense are frauds. I think the Bears defense has realized that. They have no chance, no matter how good they do, because they were good. They were, they have. But what what do you do if your offense can only score ten points? You, they're not good enough to keep teams from from shutting teams out, unfortunately. But yeah. they should if they had just an offense that could I don't know stay on the field and they weren't always on the field. Like I, I don't blame the defense 
No, you don't blame the defense. I do. That's fair. All I right. Blame them. No, I don't. I th- I think that they've been hampered by uh, Khalil Mack being beat up over the last few weeks. But I don't think that. I think that I, you know you you see this towards the end of the year every year where it's just like what are we really playing for? It's like teams are playing for their next contract at this point and to not get hurt. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're trying to win, but you know you can only do so much. So speaking of two teams that you can only do so much, uh, it's the backup bowl. Cowboys and Bengals. Cowboys are three and nine. Bengals are two, nine and one. So 43 point over under Dallas are three and a half point favorites in this one. Um, injuries uh, for Dallas. Uh, a uh, was put on the COVID list. Uh, Chidobi, I believe his first name is Chidobi. A uh, for the Bengals. T Higgins was limited with a hamstring injury. Joe Mixon is out with his foot injury. And I think this is the last we've seen of Joe Mixon this year. And um, I found no update on their quarterback. Uh, so, uh, Brandon Allen started the game last week. He injured his chest. Ryan Finley came in and, uh, didn't exactly create a quarterback controversy, but, um, I mean, this goes right into Mike's question. We'll start with Mike's question on this one, which is, uh, is T Higgins finally a top 24 or is T Higgins a top 24 play? Not finally, but is he a top 24 play? I don't think you can start T Higgins this week. You can't start any Bengals. Yeah. I mean, well, you might be able to start Geo. Uh, yeah, Geo, you can. Geo's flex worthy um, yeah. just because he'll have opportunities and because the Dallas matchup is a nice one for him. But uh, I'll, I would start Geo if I had to, but I wouldn't like it. That's fair. Yeah, I'm trying to decide between because I have the two flex spots. I'm trying to decide between him and Jamal Williams. Because Jamal Williams is is uh, has the better matchup and yeah. Uh, offense but it's like uh well, Aaron, Jones. Aaron Jones and you don't know if he's going to get those opportunities like I mean uh, Williams will vulture a touchdown here or there and make it worthwhile but you're playing a little bit of a gamble for the opportunities he will actually have see that's my thing is I don't I don't I, I don't know I don't know he's been a top 36 uh, Jamal Williams has been a top 36 running back in more than half of his games this year which if you have two flex spots 12 team league you know that's, that's worth a shot yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, we all I think we're all in agreement that T Higgins is probably not going to be a top 24 wide receiver this week. Um, unless uh, Evan, you want to chime in on it. All right. Oh, thank you. Bengals are a mess. <laughs> all right. There we go. There's his chime in. Um, but Evan, you wanted to know if Zeke is going to win people some playoff matchups. Yeah, you would have thought uh, before this because the big concern about Zeke going and starting the season was how his career workload. You know, is he going to break down? So if you were to tell somebody before the season that he would be playing in every single game, uh, they would probably have him top five, and he's currently seventh overall in total points. So, but Dallas's offense seems to be getting back on track. Uh, 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 hopefully that wasn't just a fluke. So I'm wondering, all right, all these people who spent all that capital on Zeke, is he finally going to go out there, get him some fantasy playoff wins? What's going on here? Make people happy. Not my yeah. opponents. Though. I don't know if my opponents have him or not. If they do, yeah. screw Zeke. I mean, <laughs> I think just... if I, I, I like Zeke's chances. I mean, the Bengals actually, uh, they're just about average when it comes to giving up, uh, giving up yards to the running back. But, or fantasy points to running backs, but I would also say that I have a feeling time of possession is going to skew largely in Dallas's favor, and when they have a lead, they're just going to grind Zeke down their throats. So I actually really like Zeke this week. Hey, phrasing, dude. We're not here to talk about grinding things down down said throats. 
you know, just because you're inferring things that I'm not implying. This is a very careful podcast, okay? We can we chew our food. We don't grind anything down throats. What did you think I was saying? Do you think success of the popular dating app Grinder increased or decreased uh, the fin- the economics of submarine sandwiches? I think it decreased because what happened was people were trying to find the submarine sandwich and then actually and they found yeah. love instead. <laughs> yeah, and then found love instead. That's how it works. There you go. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Casey and Miami AFC Championship preview. Anybody? Anybody? No. 50.5 point over under. Casey, seven point favorites. Chiefs are 11 to 1. Miami is 8 and 4. Um, there is some sort of tummy bug running its way through the, uh, the Chiefs. CEH was active in an emergency basis last Sunday because of it. Tyreek Hill mispracticed because of it. Both CEH and Tyreek Hill both practiced in full this week. Um, so I know he did great for you last week. You know, he was outstanding. I'm definitely not bitter about this. I'm definitely not being sarcastic, but you got to bench your Lev Bells now. Um, for the Dolphins, Salvan Ahmed uh, was out with a shoulder injury this week. Uh, DeAndre Washington is limited with a hammy. And Isaiah Ford is back. Uh, if you guys remember, the Dolphins traded Isaiah Ford to the Patriots for a seventh-round pick. He played zero snaps for the Patriots, was cut, and Isaiah Ford is now back with the Miami Dolphins, which is, I think to say, I think it's safe to say that Miami won that trade, <laughs> considering they have the pick and the player, and the, they, uh, got, they got they they got everything they could have out of it. Yeah, they um they yeah they uh they were uh, uh double winners in this one. They uh, maximized its value. No, no loss here. And it was a, a situation where the this was when the Patriots had a lot of COVID running around. So it was just a I think it was a break glass in case of emergency player sort of thing. Um, and that's why they ended up trading for him. So um, in this one, uh, Mike wanted to know if Miles Gascan, um, as we call him on this podcast, was going to once again be a top 24 running back uh, this year. He has played in eight games. He has been a top 24 running back in six of them. Um, that is in PPR. In half PPR, it goes down to uh, uh, five of them. So, um, yeah, I think uh, against this Chiefs defense, I think that's an interesting question here. Uh, what do you guys think about Miles Gaskin this week as a top 24? I think he's a uh, locked and loaded this week. I think I think I like him actually. I I think he's got a high enough floor that even with his floor, he should be able to squeak into the top 24 because he gets opportunities like the way uh, Miami uses their top running back. It feels like they feed him in a run mm-hmm. and passing game. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, the big problem was uh, Jordan Howard was stealing goal line carries. Well, he's an Eagle. And the other problem was Matt Breida was stealing a few carries here and there, but not enough. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Not enough to change anything. And uh, with no uh, Savin Ahmed, um, then I mean, Miles Gaskin has 21, 18, 18, 16 carries in his last four games. I think he's locked and loaded. I think he might. He has a shot at top 12 this week if he scores. All it takes I, I, to get top 24 in HPPR is about 10 or more points, which yeah. he's got six of his eight starts, including his last four. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I, th- I think he's getting top 24 unless unless Mike had some. See, see, Mike sometimes asks these questions and then Evan and I are like, of course. And then he comes off the top rope with this stat and he's not here to come off the top rope with the stat. Yeah, <laughs> I, I <laughs> that's I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm like, some of these seems like softballs for Mike. I always forget, but that's that's his, he does the rope a dope. 
Yeah, Mike loves to rope a dopa. So let's see. Recently, I'm going to try to find the rope a dope in this one. Uh, nope, Chiefs have been giving up a lot of points lately to running back. CMC in his one game back did it. Josh Jacobs, Ronald Jones, Melvin Gordon. I don't think there's a rope a dope on this one. I don't know. So um, we'll take this one at face value. And Evan wanted to know if uh, one, Devontae Parker is going to be an afterthought, and if two, the tight end six on the season is going to continue to get targets. Yeah, I was. I was hoping that you could fill in. There's clearly a gap in my perception of this. It goes like this. Step one, Jeff champions Mike Gusecki. Uh -huh. Step two, everyone boos Jeff because Mike Gusecki <laughs> doing bad. Step Everybody three, bullies Mike, Jeff. <laughs> step three, Mike Gusecki is right outside the top five. What, what, what happened in the middle there? Why is everybody mad at you? I don't get it. Like, well, Everybody did online harassment to me. Um, and, uh, it's cancel culture that, that did it in, but really what it is is the, I mean, he has three, four really big games. He went five for 91 against the Niners, eight for 130 against the bills, uh, two for 35 and a touchdown, nine for 88 in the touchdown the last two weeks. But he had some real duds in there. Actually, I'm looking at this. He didn't really have that many duds. Yeah, he's a tight. I think people expect way too much from tight ends because Gasecki's been fine this year. He's been a low end tight end one, which is not something you get too excited about. But it, you have to live with it. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the class that he's here's the class that he's in, and there's a definite step down. So you look at it. Uh, Fantasy points on the year. Travis Kelsey's obviously number one with the bullet. Uh, 198 fantasy points on the year. Uh, Darren Waller is second with 152, and he had 38 of those last week. Then you got a, a big step down to TJ Hawkinson, Robert Tunyon. And then you have another step down to Mark Andrews, Mike Kosicki, Johnny Smith, Logan Thomas, Eric Ebron, Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski. It's like he's in that tier to Waleed's point, and he's just at the top of it right now. Yeah, the so, problem is everyone, when they get their tight end, they're hoping for Kelsey, and there's only ever, like, a couple guys who are in that, like, class, and this year there's just a one. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, Travis Kelsey has more than 100 points more than Eric Ebron, and they're both top 10 tight ends. Oh, my God. You just look at—I'm just looking at Kelsey's numbers compared to everyone else, and it's insanity. Yeah, I mean, let's—the last— uh, Five games, 136 in a touchdown, 82, 127 in a touchdown, 159, 109 in a touchdown. Like other tight ends could go three weeks to get 159 yards. <laughs> you know? I've legitimately like come to the conclusion that I should always have Kelsey as my tight end in my DFS lineups because it just makes it easier. And it's just, yeah, it's just free money at that point, free points. Yeah. That's like I start mine with either Dalvin Cook, uh, Derek Henry. I, I did say before D Dalvin Cook. Uh, or Devonte Adams, but now I've extended that Derrick Henry because the seasons have changed. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, yeah, Travis Kelsey might be uh, in that rotation. So I think he'll get lots of targets. And and uh, Evan, do you want to talk about Devonte Parker as well? Yeah, Parker gets the targets. Speaking of targets, they're just not very good ones coming from a developing rookie quarterback. Uh, he had eight targets last week, which is solid. Uh, only four of them were catches. Uh, and then skip back to uh, the last time Tua got the start. Uh, Devonta Parker got seven targets. That's respectable. Uh, only two of them came down in catches. So Jeez. the targets are there. It's just well, one of the big issues here is the offense is the passing offense is significantly different from Ryan Fitzpatrick to uh, Tua. 
because like two is averaging like 10 less passing attempts a game, which is just, that's just going to trickle down to the, to the guys that you're looking for receiving. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's precisely it is it's, it's, it's one of those things that just like trickles down from top down to the rest of the offense. So, um, all right. Uh, I just saw, I was, I was looking up for the next game, something and I saw, Post on Twitter that that had me taken back. <laughs> it was uh, the uh, the PFF posted the Jets trading back to get uh, nine and twenty six and Travis Travis dra- drafting Travis Etienne and Rondell Moore and it said, could you imagine Sam Darnold and Adam Gase with these weapons? <laughs> I, I was like, what the? Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, let's go. Ahead, let's if, talk if about. You still have, if you still have Sam Darnold and Adam Case next year, the only weapon you need is a noose. If you were yeah, a Jets goes, fan. Oh, a gun, a gun would also work yeah. for yourself, not for yes. the other two. This isn't a threat. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. It's uh, Arizona and the resurgent New York Giants. Arizona are six and six, and the Giants are five and seven. Uh, it's a 45 and a half point over under. The Cardinals are three point favorites. Uh, injuries in this one. Larry Fitzgerald is back after his bout with COVID, in which he updated his will and lost nine pounds. So uh, it's just the flu, guys. Don't he's running light. Yeah, he's running light. Uh, New Hopkins, which is what I was looking for, has a neck and back injury. He didn't practice on Thursday or Wednesday. He was back on Thursday. It looks like he's on track to play this weekend. Uh, Drake has a hip issue. He was limited. He's looking to play. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, has a hamstring. He was limited this week, but is was expected to be active. I think he's going to play if he's active. Um, I think they'll make him inactive if he's not doing well. Because, um, you know, Colt McCoy is 1-0 this year as the leader of the Giants. And Evan, you wanted to know if a, a fellow Giant, Wayne Gallman, if he is reaching must-start status. I mean, he's had six straight weeks with over a dozen fantasy points in HPPR. Uh, going against good defenses like Tampa Bay. And that's about it. But the uh, Cardinals are not a great defense. So, yeah, I, is, this, the list, he's definitely an RB1 on my list. I can't. I can probably think of maybe 11 people I might want to start over him. Max, Goldman's here. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I would say is, is as he reached must-start status, I would have said he reached that two weeks ago. Yeah, he's he's a must start guy right now. Hold on, let yeah, me. Yeah, he has let, been. Yeah, let's see here. I say that having absolutely zero faith that he can keep it up, but as long, you know what it is? It's like you're at the craps table. The guy's rolling hot. You just keep you keep going with it until it until it all falls apart. There you go. That's a perfect way to put it. Uh, you, yeah. you just ride the hot hand. Uh, NBA Jam rules, or as uh, the fancy football fantasy footballers put it. Just keep riding that hot hand until you can't. But uh, Mike wanted to know if Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones were out, will outscore Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, maybe. I could. Here's the thing. I could see it happening from a standpoint of I actually think the Giants are going to win this game. Uh, mm-hmm. Their defense has over like has significantly improved over the last four or five weeks, and I'm not 100% sure Kyler Murray is fully healthy. I don't think he is. Um, he isn't running as much. His uh, air yards has gone down over the last few weeks, and he's been riding the struggle bus the last couple of games. Only... Well, I, I think that shoulder's bothering him more than uh, we're being told. Yeah. 
I mean, you look at the route tree or the route charts on next gen stats for DeAndre Hopkins. He doesn't leave maybe five yards away from the line of scrimmage. Like he just doesn't he he doesn't go any further than that. He was just running like outs to the to the you know five yard outs uh, all game long last week. So which is um, exactly why you traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, dude, you need him to to fulfill that um, you that, know, that crucial West, five yard out role. Yeah, that Wes Welker role. Um. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a possibility, but I mean, if I had to bet money, I would put, I would put my money on Kyler Murray over Colt McCoy, Daniel Jones. It's a different question, but when Colt McCoy's in, they're just going to give the ball to Wayne Ballman as much as possible. Yeah. And that might be their game plan. Well, here, I think Kyler Murray will outscore them, but I don't think it's going to be as big a gap as you would assume. It would mm-hmm. be looking at the name Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones, which I would like at the beginning of the season. I would have assumed it would be by 20 points he would, that Kyler would outscore him this yeah, week. But, I could see it being like five. Yeah, it's a lot closer than you would than you would expect. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, talk about the next game. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings six and six traveled to Tampa Bay to take on Tom Brady seven and five. It's a 52 and a half point over under. Uh, Tampa Bay are six and a half point favorites. I almost said Tom Brady because I saw TB, which same thing. Um, and injuries in this one. Uh, Irv Smith has a groin issue. He is questionable to play. Uh, Kyle Rudolph has a foot issue. He is doubtful to play. Alexander Madison uh, had an appendectomy uh, last Saturday. He's likely still out, but he'll probably be back next week. That's what we saw earlier this season. Uh, when a player had an emergency appendectomy for Tampa Bay, he uh, Mike Evans missed practice on Thursday with a hamstring issue. He is quote fine according to Bruce Arians, so he should be good to go this weekend. Chris Godwin practiced in full this week after missing last week's game with uh, uh, finger surgery to put a pin to help heal the finger, and then he got the pin taken out this week. But he uh, practiced in full on Friday, so he should be good to go. So, gentlemen. A little bit of a side news here. Tom Brady is going to have a nine-part documentary on Disney+, Plus, sort of a last dance for that. Um, will a whole chapter be devoted to the time that Tom Brady open-mouthed kissed his son? <laughs> I love how, I I love how that's a gif. We can search for the Discord. Disney's going for a very certain image. Yeah, <laughs> what did you Brady. say, Evan? I love how that's a gif you can search for in the Discord because every time someone just starts glorifying Tom Brady too much, I'll just I'll just post the gif and then which is what everyone should... will change the subject immediately. Yeah, because he open mouth kissed his son. Yeah, all not, right. Not exactly family friendly. I want to see that son be at the combine. Like he becomes a football player and he's at the uh, the combine doing the interview and they bring up the video. <laughs> Tell us about the time you open mouth kissed your father on national television. <laughs> what was going through your head there? That's uh, which uh. Who was the was it Des Bryant who they asked if his mother was a prostitute? I believe that was the Dolphins asked Des Bryant that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That I feel like that's almost on that level. Like, would you just trying to get a reaction out of the guy to see how he'll handle it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Des Des Bryant Dolphins GM asked Des Bryant if his mother was a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. And Bleacher Report has a very irresponsible article uh, from a Steve Smith who I don't know if that's the former NBA player. Maybe it's Stephen A. Smith, but it says maybe does Brian's mother is a hoe, which seems very irresponsible. Uh, also Stephen not very A. sex Smith-ish. positive. Yeah, it does sound very Stephen A. Smith. Uh, can Dalvin Cook 
wants to know if Dalvin Cook can finish inside the top 24. Who was on crack, by the way? That's a little Stephen A. Smith. And absolutely, he's going to be top 24. What? 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 <laughs> Why well, would it's, you... it, it's Tampa Bay. Yeah, That's Tampa it. Bay does have the best run defense. But at the same time, Dalvin Cook is the best running back. So, benefit of the doubt, I feel like he's still going to be a top 10 guy. Yeah, he has at least 30 carries in four of his last six games. And it's not like people haven't run on Tampa before. Like, yeah, and I think what Mike was going to point to here, because I'm trying to channel Mike, is uh, 18 carries for 61 yards a couple weeks ago against Carolina. He did get shut down a little bit against Carolina, but, I mean, I st- <laughs> he hit, he falls into the end zone. It's not a problem. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, yes, he's top 24. Let's just move I, on. He's getting four catches a game, too. Yeah, so he's just... It's not like they shut the running game down. He can still get in there, you know? And no Alexander Madison. Come on, oh, Mike. That makes, that makes a huge difference. Mike, you're on notice for this question. I want you to know that. All right. Evan wants to know if we can just start every Buccaneer. That means Evan has Keyshawn Vaughn as his start of the week. Right. Scott Miller. Cameron Brait. Yeah, I was going to say, fire up your Brait chairs. Start your Howards. In your IR leagues. Yeah, I was going to say, you're all IR leagues. I just, I guess I haven't been paying attention because I own zero shares of that team. Uh, but wow, they're just a fantasy monster. Yeah, huh. Gronk's come on. I stopped making fun of Gronk because he, uh, he got the oil can. Yeah, you know what? It, it's hard to say anything when he's, he's, uh, he's a tight end one. He's one of the top ten tight ends. What do you say about that? He's doing what you hoped he would do. Like, you probably hoped he would do better, but at the same time, if you really thought he was going to be better than what he is... I mean, this is the most you should have been able to hope for. Yeah. I mean, he has at least uh, 100 yards or a touchdown in four of his last six games. But here's He's, the one thing I will say is because I feel like Evan's talking specifically about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones. because uh, Don't defense. forget AB's on that team. Um, Really? Well, I've guess. forgotten about him because guys, he hasn't done anything on that team. Guys, more like Antonio Clown. Um. He went, uh, he had 21 targets between weeks 10 and 11 before disappearing last week. So I think you can start Antonio Clown as a wide receiver three. I got him, guys. I called him Antonio Clown. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed We're going to get a visit from the Secret Service now. So here's my <laughs> thing, though. Uh, the Vikings' defense isn't as bad as the statistics make it out to be. Like, their DVOA has been steadily increasing. They're actually. They're actually kind of better on defense than we're giving them credit for. So I'm not 100. I don't know that you can just. I don't know that these matchups are as good as they look like on paper, at least from a receiving standpoint. Yeah, I mean that's that's entirely possible. Sometimes uh, the statistics lie because you come up against a couple buzzsaw matchups. But well, I mean, also because of the first month of the season, their secondary was atrocious. It was really terrible. And well. I was going to say, and last week they gave up the world's flukiest touchdown. It should have been two interceptions. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. So I don't know that we can just start every buck. Uh, I would proceed with caution against the Vikings. Well, here's here's the thing. I'm starting Mike Evans. I'm starting Chris Godwin. Yeah. I'm starting Rob Gronkowski. I'm starting Ronald Jones. I'm not starting Leonard Fournette. I'm maybe starting Tom Brady. Um, and that's it. Right? Yeah, see- I don't know that I'm starting Tom Brady. I'm probably st- if I have those receivers and if I have Rob, Rob Gronkowski, I am starting them. But I don't know. I, I don't have a good feeling about this game for the Bucks. Like 
the numbers say one thing, but my gut says another thing. Could be indigestion. Who knows? Yeah. Um, could be thinking about the time that Tom Brady open mouth kissed his son on the lips on on uh, video. It definitely gives. It definitely makes me feel uncomfortable. I think a lot of this has to do with latency from the Saints game. Because other than that, Tom Brady has been on fire over the last couple months. Two, four, two, three, two, and three touchdowns. But he has had a few more picks lately. Maybe it's that as well. But, uh, you know, two two picks in back-to-back games. I think I saw for the first time in like eight years he's had back-to-back picks. Um, so, uh, or back-to-back double-digit Blah. Let me try. Let me try it a third time. Back-to-back games with at least one interception. There it is. Nailed it. Easy for you to say. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady is definitely a question that we can have. Here, I will ask you guys. Let's do this. We never do this. Tom Brady or Kyler Murray? Huh. Uh, I'm going with Tom Brady, I think. I, I don't think that Kyler Murray's healthy, even though Kyler Murray's been better. I have Kyler Murray in the league, but I'm benching him for Deshaun Watson because that's how little I believe in the Bears. Yeah, Kyler Murray feels way more volatile than yeah. Tom Brady, especially this week. Tom I think Brady? Tom Brady has a higher floor. Okay, Tom Brady or the QB1 in New Orleans, Taysom Hill, at Philadelphia. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady's an actual football player. Taysom Here's Hill's a tight end. That's a football position. I mean, I don't know. T- Taysom Hill, the last few weeks, has been pretty good, and the Eagles are pretty awful. But I still think I go Tom Brady. I'm benching him for uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, and Tua in our Football Absurdity Riders League, where I'm playing Jeff in the playoffs. Oh, trade me Tom Brady. I'd much rather start Tom Brady than uh, two of two. I don't have Tom Brady. Why would I have Tom Brady in any? Yeah, why would you have Tom Brady? Ever. That league's going to be fun. I'm trying to decide which two of Drew Locke, Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, Jalen Hurts I'm starting this week. <sighs> All right. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game before I think myself out of out of my shoes about those those three guys. Denver 4-8. and eight, Carolina 4-8. and eight. It's a 45-and-a-half point over-under. It's a uh, Carolina three-point favorites in Super Bowl rematch, guys. Levi Stadium Super Bowl. Where Cam did not jump on the football. Uh, in this one, injuries. Philip Lindsay has a knee issue. He practiced in full. I don't think it matters. AJ Bouye was suspended for six games for the same stuff uh, from the same trainer as Bradley Roby and Will Fuller. So um, there's that. In this one, Ian Thomas with the knee issue is questionable. And uh, CMC, uh, probably not going to play. Shoulder and thigh issue. Curtis Samuel's off the COVID list. DJ Moore is not and is not expected to play this weekend. So in this one, Evan wants to know if we can stop pretending that CMC is going to play again this season. I'm with you, Evan. All these poor people. I feel so bad. The discord are like, shucks, I'm in the playoffs. I don't have Chris McCaffrey going yet. He was a last minute scratch. I just want to rip the bandaid off. Like, why would you start him again? He's the best player in the league who's not a quarterback. And your team is four and eight. He's just going to cost you draft picks. Why not just let him heal and then come back in a, in a year, which counts? Yeah, I mean. Counterpoint, guys. I I traded for CMC while he was hurt, so I need him to come back. So I'm going to keep hoping. <laughs> What'd you trade for CMC and how long ago? Because uh, you say when he was hurt. Like, <laughs> it's been all year. 
No, but like like literally like the week of when they said it was gonna be multiple oh. weeks, I'd ended up trading like DK Metcalf for him, which oh. God do I regret. I, I have I had a lot of good receivers in that league. I don't think it hurt me that badly. Oof. Oof. I'm Oof. still in the playoffs. All right. All right. I guess that's all that matters. Okay. So um yeah, I'm, I'm with Evan. I think we're going to start seeing guys like CMC, like Julio Jones isn't playing this week. Tra- uh, George Kittle, um, who else? Uh, we're going to start seeing get shut down for the season. Joe Mixon, guys like that. I think we're going to start to see those guys uh, get the, oh, well, they're not going to play again this season. I think we're going to see that very soon. Um, but Mike wanted to know if Tim Patrick can be a top 24 wide receiver uh, in back-to-back weeks. So Tim Patrick has kind of been like the sneaky best wide receiver for the uh for the um Broncos lately. Uh if you take out the Kendall Hinton game, he had uh, 44 and 2 last week and 119 uh the game before the Kendall Hinton game, which you just have to throw out. So he's been sneaky good. I think um against a Carolina Panthers defense that's kind of middle of the road. I think he has a shot to be top 24, but I'm not betting on Drew Locke's weapons. All right. I, killed Sorry, I mean, I don't want anything to do with the Broncos. So I don't know that I trust Tim Patrick. As far as you can throw him? I I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Drew Locke can throw him open. I mean, I he can't, say, he has been, but I don't know. I just. I was going to say, I trust Drew Locke as far as Tim, as uh, I trust Tim Patrick as far as Drew Locke can throw him. And by M, I mean a football accurately. So. All right, um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game. It's Tennessee and Jacksonville, an AFC South matchup, 53-point over-under. The uh, Titans are 8-4. and four, The Jaguars are 1-11. and 11. Uh, Tennessee are 7.5-point favorites in this one. Uh, injuries, A.J. Brown arrested an ankle issue this week. He's good to go. Jonu Smith uh, should be good to go after missing last week with a knee issue. Um, he will play. Uh, J-Rob, James Robinson, was limited Went from limited to healthy this week, and LaVisca Chenault was limited with a thumb issue, but he should be playing as well um, in this game. Evan, you want to know if this is going to be a DJ Chark bounce back? Yeah, uh, it seems like Corey Davis. Or I don't know why I said it seems like. This is a factual matter. With Corey Davis' emergence, uh, Chark has oftentimes had to eat uh, subpar weeks. Let's see here. He had seven points, six points, and five points in his last three starts. Uh, but he plays a Tennessee team that's pretty bad at giving up fantasy points to the wide receivers. I'm seeing – let me check my numbers there. Yeah, they're, they're top five in terms of letting receivers just score on him in fantasy. So I think this could be the bounce back week. And people who have to start him every week are, are looking for this, you know? And I'm hoping for it for him. Yeah, I like I every mean, receiver in this game. Even Colin Johnson? Wow, how did you pull that one out so fast? Well, because Colin Johnson's had a good couple of weeks. Yeah, I was going to say, you'll see. You'll see why I pulled out Colin Johnson so fast. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Colin Johnson, but I I, I think it's gonna be a, this is going to be a high-passing game. I mean, you look at the over, like Vegas has it at 53, so they think there's going to be a lot of uh, points scored. Yeah, this is going to be this week's version of the Browns-Tennessee uh, game from last week, where it's just like everybody just lights it up. Just everybody goes bananas. And uh, two guys that uh, are going to go bananas are James Robinson and King Henry, which Mike wants to know about. Who will have the better week? 
I got to go with King Henry. I think this is a week where King Henry could have 200 yards. I mean, he's the king. I, I mean, feel like Mike answered his own question. Yeah, I really think so, because Jacksonville is gives up the fifth most fancy points to running backs this year. It's just, I think that this is a smash game for Derrick Henry. And, yeah. and uh, I, I think that one of these teams could co- come close to hitting the over just on their own. Because this is going to be two two bad defenses matching up um, with one good offense between them, and and Mike Lennon hasn't been playing too poorly um, from a, you know a production standpoint. He doesn't look good, but you know he's he's played okay. So I think um, I'm going to go King Henry on this one. What about what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm just yeah, pulling. No, up, I'm with you. I'm pulling up projections because oh, I guess they're both top five projected. Okay, well good for them. Yeah. Derrick Henry, it, it, it's not King Robinson or King Henry, you know? It's James Robinson or this guy who I put the word king next to. So that's pretty... Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, answers asked and answered in his own question. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the last uh, 10 a.m. game. It is uh, Indianapolis 8-4 and four, playing the Sacrificial Lamb, Las Vegas Raiders 7-5. and five. They're going to get smashed. 51 and a half point over under Indianapolis three point favorites. Evan, before we get started, I want to ask how close were you to walking into the ocean last week? Uh, it was, I was out playing with my kids. I didn't actually watch. Uh, I was following along on ESPN and I hit a area of service for right when they were, it was right before the, it's not Hail Mary, but right before they threw that big pass, I hit uh, a patch of no service. So that moment when you thought I was walking to the ocean, it lasted like half an hour longer than I thought. <laughs> like, where I was just like, well, this sucks. I don't know what you I'm didn't doing. Know the, so you didn't know the Raiders won? No. <laughs> At oh, least half an hour. My kids were on a playground. So I was just like, I was just complaining to my wife who could not care less. And I was like, ah, it cost me the stupid survival league, where which might be the only survival league still going in America. Yeah. So you thought you your whole world was crumbling down around you. Yeah. You're like, I have nothing left but these three, my wife and two kids. (laughs) Everything else good in the world has left me. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it doesn't help that my fancy team had Jacob Swift and Galladay. Oh, boy. So, Uh, yeah, everyone's left me. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Evan wasn't on the Tuesday episode, so I didn't get to ask him um, on air about how his feelings on the game. But. God, I didn't know that you were out of service for the game, and uh, you thought that your Raiders had lost for a long time. (laughs) That would be rough. Um, Injuries in this one, uh, Anthony Costanzo, left tackle for the uh, Colts, is questionable for Week 14. If he doesn't play, it's going to be a huge drop-off because the backup left tackle, LaRaven Clark, who I believe is also their starting right tackle, I want to say, tore his Achilles and he's out for the year. So if Anthony Costanzo can't play, they're going to their third string left tackle. So that'll be a, a big change downward for the uh, for the Colts. Luckily, it's a 10 a.m. game. So if you've got a start-sit decision you're trying to figure out, you'll know 90 minutes before kickoff whether or not to start your Colt. Um, for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs returned to practice with his ankle issue, and it's looking like he should suit up this weekend. I haven't seen anything definitively one way or the other, but he should be making his return. Um, so in this game, and I'm definitely not stalling because I have the wrong window up. Um, Evan, you wanted to know if uh, Josh Jacobs will play well against this Colts defense. Yeah, it's looking like he'll play. He made it to practice uh, on Thursday and Friday uh, and got a limited workout in there. 
And and initially this was this was considered to be a very minor sprain. He's already had a week off. However, Josh Jacobs has had no. Say, say it like Stephen A. Smith. However, oh how I don't watch Stephen A. Smith by 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 religion. So, uh, however, uh, the uh, four games where he hasn't scored double digit fantasy points this year all correspond to him being banged up during practice that week. So I, you know, you got to start him, but I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he breaks that trend. You know, I'm, I'm watching him. I'm also going to stare at that ankle and see exactly how healed it is. You should is watch the rest of the cut? football game. I think the rest of the football game would be more exciting than that ankle. I'm going to watch the all ones. The all ones. <laughs> Just one ankle. Um. All right, so. And this one, Mike wants to know if T.Y. Hilton can be top 24 for three straight weeks. And I'm just going to slam a laugh track. Just, <laughs> uh, but maybe. Maybe he could. T.Y. Hilton has 16 targets in his last two games. Uh, two touchdowns in his last two games. Uh, 191 yards in his last two games. So, guys, T.Y. Hilton could do it again against the Raiders defense that they actually have t- stuffed up against the wide receiver a little bit lately um they were like top three top four now they're top 13 so that means they've gotten better lately but they're still giving up big games so like jameson crowder last week had two touchdowns tyree kill the week before i think tyree kills a little bit better than ty hilton but then you get like uh mike williams had a big game um chris godwin scotty miller so what do you guys think ty hilton top 24 i actually really like ty hilton this week I, uh, he's kind of emerging. He feels like one of those guys who just, uh, who's just kind of finding himself again, right in time for the fantasy playoffs to me. He's got like a pedigree of having been successful and the Colts are a well-coached team. So it's, it's not that much of a surprise that he might be like rediscovering how to play his game now that he's getting older. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's possible. He has to relearn how to, how to, make that adjustment from a speed guy into like a Larry Fitzgerald type guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not a bad call. And so uh, I think that's actually a good question for Mike. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, He can do the legwork to see if he ends up top 24 though. I'm not going to do it. And then uh, Evan, he threw down the gauntlet straight up pizza bet on a victory. I'll accept. He accepts. All right, go ahead. Put it in the discord. Even though I told you to not chat in the discord during the podcast. All right, so let's go. All right, let's go back to the uh, to the games, and we have our first game of the afternoon slate: Jets 0 and 12, Seahawks 8 and 4, 51 and a half point over under. The Colts are three point favorites, and I almost picked the Seahawks in the survival pool last week until I checked four, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. I will be check. I will be checking that box for Seahawks Jets. So Evan, I'm giving you a heads up. Seahawks Jets is what I'm going for. This Guys, I am also doing them. Okay. It's so between them and Tennessee. We're just following around the Jets and the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point. Pretty much, yeah. I abandoned the Giants. I said I was following around both MetLife teams, but the Giants have uh, stiffened up. So I turned on playoffs, so it'll extend into playoffs. The the only person that's eligible for a prize still wanted that, so I'm like, screw it. You you have executive order. That's true. I'll, I'll get the prize. Dang it. Um. All right. So injuries in this one, Jamison Crowder questionable with a calf issue. Denzel Mims had to fly out of state with a personal issue, so he'll not be eligible to play because per New York rules. 
Um, and actually, I believe Washington rules as well. He has to quarantine um, because he flew out of state, so he'll be out for this one. Frank Gore had a concussion. He's expected to be back. Um, so that might still be the Ty Johnson show. I don't know. We'll see how Adam Gase decides to deal with it. Uh, for Seattle, Chris Carson is, quote, not 100%, but I don't know if Chris Carson has been 100% since he's been in the NFL. It feels like there's that report every week. And Rashad Penny, remember him? He was designated to return from IR, but I am not picking him up because I doubt he is going to return in any sort of time frame that will make you feel good about starting him at any point this season. For this one, Mike wants to know, Jameson Crowder is a surprise top 24, and he says yes. So, Evan, you're the resident uh, Jameson Crowder truther, so what do you think about that one? I found this one to be another one where I'm like, what's your what's your rope-a-dope? Yeah. You know, of course he's a top 24. He's playing like the team that's given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And he's the number one receiver on the Jets. And God knows you're going to be playing from behind. So he's had one. Well, I guess he had two bad games in a, in a row when. Uh, no, he has had one bad game with Darnold under center. Yeah, this is. Come on. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine, then we uh, at, Mike, without the rope, don't appear to defend you. You get the come on, man. And even that bad game, he had five targets. Yeah, I mean, he still, I mean, it was the Which Miami. actually really low for him, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, so he's, he started off, yeah, getting 13, 10, 10, and 13, but then over his last four games, 2, 4, 5, and 7. So maybe it's a trend up, or maybe it's a Brashad Perriman week. But... Also, Donald targeted him in the red zone for two touchdowns, and they almost won a game for once. Let's ride that. Come on. You figured out a strategy that might actually not be horrible. Those were two of the most pathetic touchdowns I've ever seen in my life. Let's be clear here. It was an unimpressive two-touchdown game. It was the, one of the ones where he's just like he's just like on the line, and he kind of like has to scoot his butt back so the ball passes the, the goal line as he catches it. It's just a couple of those where he, where he found him. Those were some pathetic touchdowns, and I won't say that to James. We Carter's get it. The face. Jets are not impressive. Guys, the Jets are so good. All right, Evan, you want to know uh, what's going on with Tyler Lockett if anyone's home? Yeah, what's going on with Tyler Lockett? Uh, since his three-touchdown game, which was, wow, seven weeks was, ago? Yeah. He yeah one touchdown, me. and he's never gone above 67 yards. He used them all up. He had his predetermined yardage and, t- and – uh, catch limit or touchdown limit and he he used them all up i guess so and during the last two losses he said metcalf being a stud i guess so and i guess the research the reemergence of seattle's backfield uh could be i could yeah i could definitely see that happening because it does feel like seattle's gotten much stronger running the football as the season has gone on even without carson they were definitely leaning on it more than they had been in the the first month the Jets are horrible at everything. So you got to start him. And if he doesn't crack 60 yards or whatever, uh, then we got to think about it. Because he got, he's got Washington and the Rams for the fantasy semis and finals. Hey, so, if, wow. he can't do anything, if he can't do anything against the Jets, I'm not sure I want anything to do with him at this that's point. That's I, I, I hate feeling that way. It, it's sobering. But, yeah, that's kind of the realization I'm wandering towards. Yeah, I'm looking here. He's a top 12 wide receiver on Fantasy Pro's uh, expert consensus ranking for the week in all formats. PPR, half PPR, and non-PPR. So um, that's an interesting uh, interesting little wrinkle this week uh, for Tyler Lockett. Because, yeah, he hasn't been good, but he's got, if you follow the experts, top 12 
potential. Like you're you're there's hardly anybody you're benching him for. Well, the thing I would say is that he's a uh, he's a uh, sorry I lost my train of thoughts. Um, like if you look at his targets over the last like it's not like his target production has gone down. He's like since like week eight, it's like five targets, seven targets, nine, nine, four, nine. He's getting looks. They're just not like producing. So. This should be – I feel like this is most likely going to be a get-well week for Tyler Lockett. Against the Jets? I mean, yeah. yeah this is the week for him to get well. So. Yeah, and if, he, and if he can't, then you should start getting worried. I would definitely get worried if uh, if he can't get well this week. So, all right. Uh, sounds good. Good discussion on a couple wide receivers in this game. Let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game, Green Bay and Detroit. This is a 125 kickoff, 55 point over under. Uh, Green Bay, seven and a half point favorites. And uh, a lot of stuff in this game. A.J. Dillon is back at practice from his COVID. I believe he's off the list. Alan Lazard uh, was limited in practice in the middle of the week, but that's normal. They're monitoring and, and, and you know keeping track of his core muscle issue that he had to have surgery for. G- Kenny Galladay is out this one sorry evan your boyfriend just think of it this way your boyfriend is going to become a very cheap date next year my ex-boyfriend oh well you know what in 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 desperate times sometimes we go back to the ones that we know and love even though our better judgment says we shouldn't in a drunk dial this is a drunk dial for you evan (laughs) evan's gonna drunk dial kenny galladay during all of his auction drafts next year and we're gonna be like evan he's not good for you he's like he was just seven dollars i couldn't help myself I drunk out. Look, it's not Kenny Galladay's fault that he got hurt. I'm fine with him next year, but this year it sucks. But injuries. So happen. what you're saying, Walid, is you think you can change him? I can change him. <laughs> look, you got to remember, I've been, I was preaching Kenny Galladay his rookie year, like just off of watching how he was running the ball in preseason, and like when when I started like digging in, just how he moved, like his size, like. I mean, he's one of the best, like, jump ball receivers in football. Yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible. He is like, he's like, yeah, one of the best top uh, jump ball experts in the NFL. But Evan, what were you going to say? It's it's uh, about defend yourself drunk dialing him next year? No, it was just an anecdote that's now off topic that we've locked into this bit so much. Okay. I think the drunk dial, that's a great way to put a player that has burned you in the past that you go back to. It's like the, it's like the guy who, if he, he, uh, screws you again, um, he's going to be dead to you. But the drunk dial is like the one last, like, all right, uh, I guess my better judgment, I'm going to give it a shot. I guess I'll pick up and start Corey Davis in a bye week. Uh, drunk dial, Christine Michael, um, Evan, you want to know if Robert Tanyan's for real? Oh, no, wait. One last thing. DeAndre Swift is, quote, trending towards playing. He has an illness that's not COVID. I don't know what he has. Maybe he's got the tummy rumbles like the uh, like the Chiefs have, but he has been sick, and he hasn't been able to play. He missed the game last week because he, he was practiced, sick. He I, practiced partially yesterday, and he's practiced, I think, in full today. I just looked that up. Okay. I worry that this is actually just a lingering thing because sometimes concussions can get real bad where like his sickness and nausea might just still be a result of that concussion he got a couple of weeks ago. Ah, so, he's a, he was a, he was full practice today. Okay, so he's good to go. Yeah. All right, so take that, Walid. All right, uh, Robert Tanyan, is he for real, Evan? He's caught a touchdown in three games, you know? That's pretty good, and it's like they're playing uh, – on the one hand, no, because he's a tight end, and it's 2020. And also, he's gotten five targets. In the last three games, which is, yeah. But he scored every one of them. 
and they're playing Detroit, so it's not like they're not going to score five touchdowns. It feels like uh, he's a he's a he's a. It feels like he's still matchup based, but I'm talking myself into thinking maybe he's not matchup based. Well, here's the thing: like Detroit, uh, what are they? They think they're top ten in defending tight ends in fantasy. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're the they gave up the eighth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. You got a, but at the same time, I mean, Tanyan's like the number four tight end in fantasy, like from a point standpoint. Mm -hmm. So after a certain points, you just leave that guy in your lineup. Yeah. And I'm looking here. So it looks like, I think, I think some of their ranking has to do with, you know, playing some, some fraudulent tight ends, we'll say, because last week Cole Komet scored scored a touchdown against him. He's rounding into shape. He's starting to get more touches and snaps and everything. But then before that, it was Jordan Akins, then the Panthers. So I guess Ian Thomas. Logan Thomas went four for 66 against them. Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph combined to go five for 50 and two touchdowns. Then you had the Colts tight end mess that kind of just split up a bunch of touches. And then I think it's, yeah, I think it's, uh, they have been playing some, some fraudulent tight ends. So their defense looks better. Robert Tunyon scored a touchdown in week two against them. So he's done it before folks. I mean, regardless, you start, if you have Tanya you're starting him because, like, what are your options? It's another tight end, which means that he already sucks. Yeah, and that's <laughs> At least the thing where, if, done it. yeah, if you have two of these guys, um, you kind of want to end up with one of them, so you don't start the wrong one. You just kind of put your guy out there and take your lumps. So, um, so yeah, um, I think you have to start him. He's in that group of tight ends we were talking about. You I don't know if that was. Before. He's a must-start tight end. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. You got to start him. And and he's not going to beat Travis Kelsey. He's not going to be Darren Waller. But there's a big group of tight ends just below that. That's where he sits. Yeah, but you know what? He's he's a guy who's like four games a year is going to really blow up probably. And that's fine. You start him hoping that you get those games. Exactly. So, all right. Um, Mike asks actually a very good question, which is, are one of Adrian Peterson or DeAndre Swift going to be top 24 this week? The Packers give up third most points to running backs in half PPR. They made David Montgomery look good last week. Um, they made Jonathan Taylor look good two weeks ago. They made James Robinson look good three weeks ago. They made Dalvin Cook look good five weeks ago. Are you getting my drift? They've been playing a lot of good running backs. I think that I that's one of the say, reasons. Uh, yeah. I think both of them are going to top 24. Yeah, they could, but last week they stopped Miles Sanders, so it's a question of... Yeah, sorry, David Montgomery. Yeah, Philadelphia stopped Miles Sanders. Yeah, Philadelphia is the biggest impediment to the Eagles' offense is the Eagles. Oh, we'll get into that in the next game. But yeah, I want to talk about the Eagles' offense. But uh, what do you guys think? Top 24? I hope not, because I'm playing uh, against Adrian Peterson in one league. I am hoping that DeAndre Swift is good, healthy, and torches the Packers, because... Dynasty, DeAndre Swift is my guy. He's saving. Yeah, I got him. I got him in my big money league. All right, all right, fine. Um, so but yeah, I think I, we all DeAndre Swift gets all look, the carries. No, Adrian yeah, Peterson. We're we're rooting for DeAndre Swift and for Adrian yeah. Peterson to flop out playing you. All right, everyone all right, wins. Sounds good. Jeff. Everyone wins except for my opponent, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters to me. So, all right, let's uh. Let's go ahead, and um, before we talk about the next game, I have a question for you guys. So I, I have Twitter up to keep track of things in case something big happens. It's probably a good thing that the 14th Amendment is trending on Twitter, right? That's where you can't do sedition. People in Congress can't do sedition. It's probably a good thing that that's trending, right? Yeah, definitely, that's definitely a sign not, of a healthy government. Yeah, definitely not a problem. Good Lord. 
Yikes. Oh, boy. Um, all right, let's talk about the next game. Speaking of no problems here, New Orleans 10-2, and two, Philadelphia 3-8-1, 44-point over-under, Saints 6.5-point Hey, dude, they've been blowing it out with Taysom Hill because they've just been running the ball and blitting the defense. No, I, I mean, that seems low. Yeah, take take the points then. If it's you lived in a state where you could bet. a team that's not quite a team. That's true. And it's a low over-under. I think they're just thinking that it's going to be – maybe it's the Jalen Hurts factor. I think, I think one thing you have to factor in is the Eagles have been getting a lot of points in the fourth quarter when games are so out of hand. Oh, that could be it. It 100% is. Yeah. Anyways, before we start talking about the game, injuries. Taysom Hill will be starting in this one. Uh, Drew Brees is eyeing a week 15 return from his 15 broken ribs or 11 broken ribs. 11 broken ribs. Latavius Murray was limited with a knee issue this week. Uh, he should be playing. Jason Peters went on IR with a toe issue. Uh, that's a Eagles offensive lineman, if you don't know, a very good one. Um, and Jalen Hurts is starting, everybody. So uh, Carson Wentz was put on the bench. And now it's Hurts time. And I spent 32 of our $100 fab budget on Jalen Hurts because I said, well, what am I else am I going to spend it on? Because uh, I got Drew Locke, I got Mitchell Trubisky, and now I got Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to ask you guys, and Evan, I'm not going to listen to you because I'm playing against you. Um, and this is Mike's question as well. Is Jalen Hurts good? Should we start Jalen Hurts this week? But Mike just wants to see if he's good, which is the easy question. If Jalen Hurts is good isn't a question. Like... All he has to do is be better than Carson Wentz, which is not a high bar. Like the thing where you don't have to be, if you're getting chased by a bear, you don't have to be fast. You just have to be faster than the other person. Yeah, exactly. And Jalen Hurts is definitely faster than Carson Wentz, judging by his reaction times in the pockets. Oh, that's true. And he had a nice uh, nice on-the-run touchdown throw last week, too. I think uh, Jalen Hurts might... Uh, because he's not shell shocked yet, I think he might do a better job. Of, yeah, um, but I don't know how quickly it's, I don't know how long it's going to take for him to be shell shocked because that Eagles offensive line, woof, and now they don't have Jason Peters. Like, yeah, I, 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 I like I guess I hadn't been paying attention. I assumed he was already hurt. They've given up the most sacks in the NFL by a significant margin. Yeah, it's in, it's insane how how bad that offensive line is, and it's because everybody's gotten hurt, and yeah. and Carson Wentz has just yeah gotten shell shocked. He's yeah. he is doing the exact same thing that I saw happen to Colin Kaepernick, and I he's, know I've said this before. He's getting the David Carr treatments. Yeah, well he's so his career arc is kind of the same as Kaepernick's, where he starts off hot, he starts off he's a phenom, he is able to start off hot with a very good offensive line around him um i mean the eagles were considered you know a top offensive line even though carson wentz kept getting hurt that wasn't on the offensive line i don't think and when that offensive line crumbled he never learned how to play without it and so he started to get skittish in the pocket he started to see ghosts he started to make bad decisions he started to look shell-shocked and that's exactly what i see with carson wentz so i know i've said it before but i was going to say it again um but evan wants to know how this is going to affect dallas goddard so I've seen a lot of uh, hand wringing about the Jalen Hurts switch from Goddard owners in the Discord, and I think uh, I think people are looking at this on paper a little too much. Uh, for yeah. instance, for instance, uh, Yahoo says Hurts might not share his teammate Wince's proclivity for only targeting the scene. It's not a proclivity for targeting the scene. It's Wince had Zach Hurts. 
Wint had Goddard. He's targeting the C because it's the best player on the field. So uh, I think it's fine. When I, the, the, the tape, I watched the half of Jalen Hurts. He looks to Goddard first. Goddard also is the best player on that offense. Uh, I had to look up some stats because it seems like, I, I, you know, I've watched a lot of Goddard. He's my, he's my professed love. Uh, it seems like at least every four plays, Goddard is like, wide open with some tiny linebacker, like trying desperately to keep up with them. So I had to look it up. Uh, Dallas Goddard is six foot five inches tall. The average uh, NFL linebacker is three inches shorter than that. Oh. Dallas Goddard runs a, or ran, and it said he did it without any training. He ran a four, six, eight, 40 yard dash. The average interior inside linebackers in the NFL's 40 yard dash is uh, almost a 10th of a second slower. So, yes, actually, Goddard is bigger and faster than these people, and there's no way Jalen Hurts can ignore that just because he has a quote-unquote proclivity to throw it elsewhere. It, it, it's very clear to anyone who's actually watched it, which Jalen Hurts has, that Goddard's the guy to go to. So I'm here's, not really worried. Here's the other thing, too. A proclivity. It's not a proclivity. That's the way the Eagles' offense is designed. Exactly. Uh, the tight end is like the primary target most a lot of the time. Not most of the time, but a significant amount. That's like just like – Kansas City. There's a reason Travis Kelsey does so well. Yeah, exactly. So, I yeah, I think that Dallas Goddard will be fine, and it'll be a good sneak preview for next season. Yeah, he's he's again going to play. He'll probably be my stake your player on it claim. There you he'll go. Be for under ten dollars, and I'm like, this dude's going to be top five if he just stays healthy. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next game. Uh, we just finished up New Orleans and Philadelphia. Definitely no stop down in the middle there. Atlanta, four and eight, and the Chargers are three and nine. This is a 49 and a half point over under. Atlanta, two and a half point favorites in this one. Julio Jones is out, but Todd Gurley is off the injury report, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Josh Kelly was limited with his foot in practice this week. He didn't really play last week with uh, uh, a healthy Kalen Balazs and a healthy Austin Eckler, which how far has he fallen that he's blind behind Kalen Balazs? Justin Jackson, there's, quote, a chance he plays this weekend. He is back at practice with his knee issue that he's been on the IR for, but I would not slot him in there, even if he does play, except uh, as a desperation. Um, so Evan wants to know, what's <laughs> as always, as Evan puts it, as always, what's Matt Ryan going to be doing missing a top wide receiver yeah rather than show people what i'm watching i figured the most help i can give to fantasy football managers is you might have matt ryan on your team and you might be looking at the chargers who are bottom six in terms of fantasy football points allowed and you might be thinking it's a good fit it's not Matt Ryan cannot perform in fantasy when he doesn't have both his receivers. Last week, Julio sat out. He had under 13 points. Now, you may be saying, well, that's New Orleans. Okay, the week before that, he scored 43 points against, sorry, his team scored 43 points against the miserable passing defense, Las Vegas Raiders. And he got under 15 fantasy points. Just find a better waiver option. This is not, this, you'll, you'll, you'll live to regret this. Matt Ryan does not perform when he doesn't have both Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. That's right. You heard it here first. If you start Matt Ryan this week, it will be one of the things you think about on your deathbed as one of your great regrets in life is starting Matt Ryan this week without Julio Jones. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's the playoffs. It's not the time to bank on a Matt Ryan's bucking the trend. This That's, 
That's a great way to put it. If you're putting your eggs in a basket, don't put them in the basket that's labeled Matt Ryan without Julio Jones. Because there's already plenty of eggs in those basket, and they are all stinky. Yeah, so, I can get behind that. Yeah, so uh, Mike wants to know if Justin Herbert can get back into the top 12 after missing out on the top 12 in the last two weeks. And I would say a definitive affirmative on this one. I mean, there's nothing to get you better, uh, to get you feeling better than playing an Atlanta Falcons defense that's given up the most fantasy points to the opposing quarterbacks. Yeah, I wrote an article this week titled, Can We, parentheses, Still Trust Justin Herbert? And um, yes. Except for the last, he has been on a literally a historic tear this season. Um, yep. He had two very difficult matchups. Well, he had the Patriots with Bill Belichick are just like Bill Belichick and rookie quarterbacks. It's always going to happen. It's just he, yeah, exactly. And the Buffalo Bills got his number, but even then, he still you know threw for 316 yards. But uh, I pulled it up after this game. Uh, the rookie quarterbacks against bill belichick are now up to 25 passing touchdowns and 42 interceptions in i believe 27 or 28 games so that sounds that sounds about right yeah so it's uh one of those things we should have seen coming um but we uh uh just wanted to ignore it so this week he gets the falcons next week he gets the uh raiders so i don't i wouldn't pull him out of my lineup at this point i'm gonna rock with him the rest of the way and so, you'll be right to do so. That's right, I will. So take that, Mike. Again, some of these questions, it feels like Mike has a rope a dope, and I and I and I don't know what they are, what it is because he's not here to rope a dope us. So um, what'd you say? It's Atlanta. It's Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 some surprise fact that makes their secondary not horrible. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm baffled. It could be. It could be something involving Derek Carr. It could be AFC AFC West quarterbacks. I don't know. Uh, next game up, uh, Washington football team, five and seven at San Francisco, five and seven in Arizona. And you guys weren't on the Tuesday episode, but Mike and I made a decision. We are retiring Washington team football. They beat the undefeated Steelers. The defense looks good. They got a shot at winning the NFC East. Washington team football, at least for now, is retired. We're going to call them by their given name, the Washington Red. Washington football team. 43 point over under Niners are three point favorites. What? Okay, sure. If you want to lose money. Um, Antonio Gibson is out with a toe injury. Uh, turf toe. He might be out for the rest of the year. Debo Samuel did not practice on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday, but he's going to play this weekend. It was a foot contusion unrelated to his foot injury from earlier in the year. He took a knee in the bottom of his foot. And so they were just playing it uh, safe with him this week there uh, for the Niners. Um, Mike's question is a question for me. He wants to know if you should start Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. I'm going to turn that to you guys. What do you guys think? Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel? Because I want to know what the impression is from the outside. I mean, my impression is always to ask you. I I mean, if I was going to say, I'd go with Debo. Debo That's my impression. But like, because he, because he's finally healthy again. And I mean, I just, Debo's a stud. Yeah. But here's the thing. Over his last four games, since he started to round into shape, so is Brandon Ayuk. Over his last four games, Brandon Ayuk is playing, uh, he's averaging 94 yards per game, and he scored three touchdowns in four games. Uh, He has 115, 91, 75, and 95 yards. He has at least seven targets in all four of his games. I would start Brandon Ayuk. 
I mean, but, that's a pretty compelling argument. When did Debo get back? Was it last week or the week before? Uh, he got back against the Rams two weeks ago, and he had 11 catches for 133 yards. But those were those little pop passes that they do now instead of handoffs on jet sweeps. That's what a lot of them were, or other short area ones. And uh, he had six for 73 last week, and a lot of that was in garbage time against the Bills. So I'm, I am I would start Brandon... To be fair, though, Brandon Ayuk had like 70 yards and a touchdown in garbage time as well. So um, I would probably go Ayuk, but I could be talked into Debo. Um, but neither one is a particularly bad play. Um, you know, they're both wide receiver twos. Yeah, I agree with that. The only issue I really have is Nick Mullins. <laughs> He's great. Nick Mullins. Uh, everybody loves to talk about how Nick Mullins is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL right up until Nick Mullins is on their TV screen. And they're yeah. like, oh, boy. They're like, oh, I mean, boy. I, this I just, ain't it, Chief. I just think that Chase Young is going to murder him. Yeah, it's possible. Although although the 49ers are very good about not giving up sacks. Like Shanahan's good at keeping his quarterback from being destroyed. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it's 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 a rough go of it. We one of the things we talked about in the Discord this morning is the 49ers cap situation. So, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with it. But oh well. There there's also a big chance they're just going to stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't be surprised if that happens. Um, but um, Evan wanted to know if this is going to be a McDouble McKissick game after I made myself sad about the 49ers. People. McKissick is still available in one-third of leagues out there. That's there is a chance right. Gibson might not play the remainder of the fantasy playoffs. It's Right now, I've seen people refer to him starting week 15, that's next week, as a, quote, long shot, unquote. That's from Yahoo. Um, McKissick got caught, didn't get 10 targets, caught 10 passes last week. If you're in the playoffs or you need to be in the playoffs and you're in an HPPR or a PPR, go check I don't know why he's not getting snapped up. Maybe one-third of the leagues are standard. That's the only reason why I can think of, that he's only 66% rostered. So I'm going to watch him because it's super fun when you get to circumvent uh, uh, the running back scarcity by finding a, a breakout guy who gets peppered with a lot of passes. So that's, that's what I'm rooting for and wondering about. Yeah, I'd love I'd love for that to happen because uh, uh, I'm down to J.D. McKissick. I spent a good three weeks in waiver wire articles screaming about how JD McKissick should be rostered. So yeah, and I was I'm screaming about him on yeah, and I was and then I would scream about him over the weekend on the sleepers piece, and it was just the, the circle of screaming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I have JD. I'm relying. Oh, Evan, you better hope JD McKissick doesn't do much this weekend. Are you starting him against me? That's right. Uh, don't. That's the worst thing you can do is tell me players that you're starting. Like, if you want to know just a little secret, I guess I shouldn't tell you the week you're playing me, but it's out there. The the, the way to psychological warfare with me is I don't look at my opponent's players uh, until Sunday evening. That way, everything that happens is good and nothing that happens is bad. So uh, so uh, telling me your players, now I'm going to be like, oh, every time Danny McKissick does something, I'm going to feel poorly. Uh. Derek Henry. That's not one of your players. He's too yes, good. Yes, it is. <laughs> I wonder if you're picked to win by like 20 points. Derrick Henry and Travis Kelsey. Take that. Uh, well, I have 
2000. I have Lamar Jackson, but it's 2019 Lamar Jackson. Oh, how'd you pull that off? Did you get that you, in the you Madden Ultimate Team? Time portal cool. and kind of creates a, a thing that you can move across. Oh, can I say, board? Jeff, the fact that your team is in the playoffs after a 14-man draft where you're the auction draft where you're the oh, only right. auto-drafted? <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? Yeah, and it's the worst team I've ever seen in my entire life. It, <laughs> uh, I think it's the most impressive thing I've ever seen fantasy football-wise. Though. Yeah, that's Hall of Fame performance. It's like, it, it shows just how good you are at this game, that <sighs> you, you took that dumpster fire of a team. Well, it's I got ahead of Justin Jefferson. That's why. I mean, that's yeah. that's the one thing that that has kept me afloat was getting ahead of Justin Jefferson and Corey Davis. Yep. That's what kept me afloat. So yeah, it's a dumpster fire of a team. But um, but yeah, that dumpster fire of a team is going to win back to back titles with Drew Locke and Mitchell Trubisky, baby. And this you're welcome for Drew Locke. Yeah, thank you, thank you. How Sammy Watkins treating you? Oh, not on my team. Oh boy. Pittsburgh, let's go out. Let's move ahead and move on. Pittsburgh, 11 and 1. That can't be right. They played Washington this week. Buffalo, 9 and 3. Uh, this is the Sunday night football game, 46 point over under. The Bills are two and a half point favorites. For injuries, Chase Claypool didn't practice on Thursday with an illness. He's okay to go as of Friday. James Conner is off the COVID list, and the plan for him is to play. And for the Bills, no injuries to report. Nobody notable is injured. So the Bills, uh, this is the second week in a row f- uh, for the Bills for that. So congratulations to Buffalo for uh, staying healthy. And Evan wants to know about the Steelers mounting defensive injuries if they're no longer a top defense. And this is something I've been thinking about. Yeah, and, and in the industry and science I've been seeing are slow to realize this. I think uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the spread on this one where Buffalo by 2.5. I think gamblers who are more tuned in, uh, are figuring it out that Pittsburgh's not Pittsburgh. Uh, and if you're starting Pittsburgh every week because they're your fantasy defense, don't start them this week. Uh, I had to write down all the injuries. Uh, Devin Bush, uh, linebacker, out. And then Spillane, his, his replacement, out. So they got a veteran. Uh, uh, Avery Williams said that they're going to have to put everything on, and he's, he's a journeyman. Uh, Joe Hayden, of course, uh, not playing. Bud Dupree, gone for season. And their cornerback. Uh, is 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 gone as well. They're they're a, they're just they're a shadow of what they were at the beginning of the season. So first of all, for fantasy, you're going to want to start. I, I haven't looked ahead to week 14, but you're going to want to not start them this week against a Buffalo offense that's arguably top five. Also, I'm seeing uh, several sites from fantasy pros to Yahoo to ESPN. Uh, Kind of cool on Diggs and cool on on Crowder. Have him as the back end wide receiver one, back end QB one. I don't see what they're basing that on. Uh, they they're they're gonna be they're gonna be playing a Swiss a literal not literal but figurative. Yeah, that's it. Nailed it. Swiss cheese uh, out there and and just watching enough tape, they'll be able to pick and choose where the weak spot is in the offense. So, yeah. I'm Did you say the- Jamison Crowder when you meant Josh Allen? Because that's an incredible switcheroo. Oh, wow. I heard it, too. Wow. Yes, I did mean Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, how bad Pittsburgh is. Jameson Crowder could throw the ball. Man, there you go. Have a good fantasy day. And have a good fantasy day. I think you'll start the Steelers next week. I know you didn't look at week 15, but I think you'll be okay starting them against the Bengals. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that maybe, uh, 
yeah, not a good matchup this week for for uh, Pittsburgh. And uh, Mike wanted to know if James Conner could be back in the top 24 for the first time since week eight. Like I mentioned, he's going to be off the COVID list. He gets the Bills this week, who Buffalo allows over the last five weeks the eighth most fantasy points to opposing running backs um, in that time span. And Austin Eckler, DJ Dallas, Damian Harris all score double-digit fantasy points against them in half PPR. So I'd also point out that uh, the when, from a pure rushing yard standpoint, Bills give up the ninth most rush, rushing yards. So Connor's in a good place considering that the Steelers lean under under RB1. And I'd also like to point out that Benny Snell sucks. So there is also that to, to, to account for. a very important point to make. Yes. I think James Conner top 24 is basically a shoe win. Yep. Evan, do you have any dissenting? I, I This makes me nervous because I feel like there's a rope, a hidden rope-a-dope that's going to make you it. No, remember, remember Mike's uh, plant your flag player was James Conner. So I think this is not a rope-a-dope. Okay. So Mike's back. He did say I like it. So I don't think this is a rope-a-dope one. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the last game of the week, Baltimore and Cleveland. Baltimore 7-5, and five, Cleveland 9-3. and three. This is the Monday night football game, 46.5 point over under. Baltimore one-point favorites. And I can't remember ever seeing Cleveland having a 9-3 and three record going up against Baltimore this late in the season, uh, both teams being relevant. So that's good to see. If, um, if it's any consolation, they also – don't they have like a negative point differential? I don't want to hear yeah. it. <laughs> Don't want to hear it. I just want to feel good about my brownies. All right. Dez had his whole COVID saga. He's now tested uh, negative three straight times, but the Ravens put him on the COVID-19 IR. Probably not going to play this weekend. Willie Sneed and Mark Andrews both came off of the COVID IR. So they're getting some reinforcements back. And for the Browns, right guard Wyatt Teller went on the COVID IR and is unlikely to play this weekend unless he gets some good news coming up. So uh, Mike's last question is he wants to know, if Jarvis Landry is going to be a top 24 wide receiver for the third straight week, and I would call that a shoe in. And the reason for that is no Odell Beckham and no bad weather. And those combination, this, that combination this season has been the last two weeks. So they lost Odell Beckham and then they played three straight monsoon games and he, and Jarvis Landry didn't do much. And then the last two games without him, Eight for 143 in a score, eight for 62 in a score. So I think this week against Baltimore will make it maybe not those numbers because they played tennis, Tennessee and Jacksonville the last two weeks. But I think that Baltimore, he can still get, we'll say, eight for 75, no score. So I think should be good enough for top 24. I can't argue with it, honestly. I mean, Landry, he's going to get fed because someone has to get fed. Exactly. Somebody's got to be fed. Evan, what do you think? Uh, according to the Fantasy Pros aggregate rankings, which again I mentioned are kind of sleepy, he is 31st if you if you average about all the pundits out there. Uh, however, Cleveland's been moving the ball really well too. So and Nick Chubb's looking great. Yeah, I think he'll be top 24. Okay. I like that. Uh, I like this question from Mike. It's a good one. But Evan, you want to know on the other side of the ball, if we're going to be in position to get more J.K. Dobbins in our life. Yeah, sorry, everybody. This is a pro- I'm not telling you anything that everybody didn't already know. But is Dobbins the breakout yet? I am still of the of the thought that, no, this is a three-headed monster. And 11 touches isn't quite something, which he got last week, 11 attempts. That's not something that you can really – 
put pin the bank on. However, he is, you know, uh, 16th overall among RBs in HPPR on Fantasy Pro. So people disagree with me. So this is what I'm watching for. What's going on with that backfield? And I predict it's going to be a three-headed monster because why not? <laughs> because why not? That's a good, uh, that's a good uh, question. I mean, it's not a good matchup, and we don't know that he's going to get the bulk of the carry, so I don't know how much faith I can give Dobbins. Like, I want him to do well. I like him as a player. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to have a good career, but I won't trust him in my fantasy playoffs if I don't have to. All right, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of where I am, Um, where if I can help it, I'm not going to start J.K. Dobbins. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's – yeah, it's going to be a running back by committee. Uh, because what did you say, Evan? Of course it is, or why not? <laughs> because why not? Because why not? So, why not? You got three running backs. Use them from a coaching yeah. standpoint. That's true. That's just good coaching. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's close the book on talking about week 14 matchups and talk about a little week 14 daily fantasy football. Mike's not here to recap last week. So uh, I'm in control. So I'm just going to say that I won, even though that doesn't seem to be true. Um, Mike flubbed it. And uh, I'm going to – we'll update these rankings. I didn't get a chance to chime in. He put Ryan Fitzpatrick in. I will give him Tua. I will take third place for this one. Um, I, tried, I tried to do that, and he said he, he wouldn't let me. I'm just going to jam it in there. Yeah, okay. I agree. I was like yeah. – I I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So Evan won last week 159.3 points. I came in second, but not really. Mike came in second – or came in third, but not really. He got second. I had 125. Mike had 116.75 plus whatever – uh, it was like, my lower it was yeah, like 30 30. points, which puts us like one point apart in the totals. That's why I want to do it, so that yeah. it's more interesting, because I am just getting my butt shellacked. I am a distant third. I did cross 1,500 points, though, so good for me. Uh, Evan is in first place now, but not really. Um, Mike is in first place or in second place, but not really. 16-19 plus whatever Tua did to Evan, 16-28-28. So it's coming down to the wire for you two guys. I am also here. I will also be on the podium. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about week 14 DFS lineups. Waleed, did you prepare one? I did. Okay. Why don't you go ahead? You're the guest, I guess. So why don't you start with your week 14 DFS lineup? All right. Well, for quarterback, I went with Deshaun Watson. Because I think he is going to clown the Bears. Uh, this is me basically taking out my frustration at him not being the Bears quarterback onto my DFS lineup. You're doing what I used to do when the 49ers were really, really stinky. I called it the happiness hedging lineup, where I'd put like 15 bucks down in a 50-50, and I just put in a bunch of guys who were playing against the 49ers. So like, uh, best case scenario, like half the lineup was that. So like. If the Niners got their butts kicked, then I won some money. And if they didn't get their butts kicked, I'll pay $15 for the victory. Last week when the Bears were down, uh, uh, when the Bears were up 10 points to the Lions in the fourth quarter, I put a $1 bet at 15 to 1 odds that the Lions would win. So I am of that philosophy. There you go. So you got your happiness hedging Deshaun Watson. Who else do we got? Uh, running back, I'm going Aaron Jones because Detroit is... <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, let's, here's the fact. If you watch that game, three rushing touchdowns to the Bears. If you've watched Bears games this year, they don't score rushing touchdowns. They don't run the ball well at all. That is an awful run defense. Aaron Jones is going to destroy them. All right. Well, I, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I, 
tend to agree. Uh, since I'm taking Mike's place, I'm also going to take one of Mike's running backs here. I went David Montgomery. All right. Uh, for my receiver, I'm kind of going my bargain bin wide receiver lineups here. Going with uh, Corey Davis, who I don't know if he's he's the best receiver I'm probably throwing out there. You could maybe make an argument to DJ Chark, my other receiver. How much is Davis going for? Corey Stop. Davis, 6,800. Yeah. He's a steal. Uh, yeah, he's a great a great value. Uh, DJ Chark at 5,900 against uh, Tennessee. It feels like such a – it's also great value. And then Mike Williams at Atlanta. That's a good call. Mike Williams. Yeah, I, I like I like I like my receiving core because even though I don't have any real studs, I have matchups and guys who can get that studly production. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, my tight end is going to just be Travis Kelsey because I mean he's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, and then in my flex, I went with uh, Kiki Kuti. What did Kiki cost you? He cost me fifty six hundred. That's not so bad. Yeah. I, honestly, it was because my money was spent in other places and I had to find a value that I liked. And I think he's going to I think he's going to get peppered with PPR. All right. And then and who's that, your DST? My defense is the Carolina Panthers because they are playing a Denver Broncos team. That is awful. Ooh, I'm glad I'm not on a on an island with the Carolina Panthers. I was feeling oh, I, I love it. That was my number one uh, defensive streaming recommendation this week. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's right. Yeah. So, all right, I will uh, give Mike's lineup real quick, and then we'll go to Evan, and then I'll round it out with my own lineup. So Mike is going to go ahead and do a homer pick here and start Phillip Rivers. Then he's going to go with James Robinson, David Montgomery, who seems to be in three out of our four lineups. Then he's going to go with Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, Jamison Crowder, Hunter Henry, Brandon A. Yuck, and the Seattle DST. So Rivers, J-Rob, D-Mont, Michael Thomas, A-Rob, again, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, Hunter Henry, Ayuk, and Seattle. So, Evan, who are you starting this week in your DFS lineup? I'm going with the number one quarterback in terms of price this week, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to carve up Detroit, and this is not really up for debate. Not that anyone would have. And then in running back, I'll take Derrick Henry for $9,600. I went went top-heavy. With this one, mm-hmm. uh, it's playing Jacksonville and they suck. Then uh, McKissick was only 5,300, and this is PPR, so that was my my old little cheat code there. And then I always like to get Keenan Allen when he falls below 80, when he falls to the mid 80s. So he was 8,500. And then I got for 10,000 for 11,200 total. That's now to 5,600. I got Lazard and Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, it's like, am I at Wendy's? Because I just got a double stack. And then my boyfriend it was only $5,600, so I put Goddard in his tight end. And Philip Lindsay could have a back, back, a bounce back game. I found his $5,800 price tag to be a, a little suspect. And then I'll take New Orleans Saints against who are they playing? Some loser. I don't remember. Giants? The Eagles. Eagle. Oh, God. Yeah, they're playing the Eagles. Yeah, well, I think that Goddard's going to do well. How can Hurts not give it up a few times? That's You know, this is how life goes. All right, so from the top, Aaron Rodgers, J.D. McKissick, Derek Henry, Keenan Allen, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Dallas Goddard, Philip Lindsay, and the New Orleans Saints. 
It seems it, to me like Evan and I have similar ideas, just different execution. Because we both think that the Packers are going to destroy uh, the Lions. You think it's going to be through the pass. I think it's going to be through the run. I have the same idea. I just got no less dose. I got the king. I got the king there. I have the same idea, though. Um, but Evan, uh, bold move starting Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, just don't watch the game at all because you, can, you can't handle the tilt when he drops a 70-yard oh uh, touchdown. <laughs> You won't be able to handle the tilt. All right, let's go. Let's talk about my lineup, a.k.a. the fourth place lineup. I got Ryan Tannehill at the Jaguars. I also have Derrick Henry at the Jaguars. I think they're going to have four or five touchdowns that I can get all of them. Uh, Miles Gaskin at uh, versus KC for six grand. Then Devontae Adams, 9,600. So I was able to fit Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams into this lineup. So I'm very happy about that. Then I got Corey Davis with the stack with Ryan Tannehill. Then I got the reason I was able to fit it all in there. Colin Johnson. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Colin Johnson makes it three in a row against a bad Tennessee pass defense. Uh, he was 5100. Jordan Reed, five grand, kind of a punt tight end there for five grand. And then I was able to fit David Montgomery into my lineup because of that. And like I commiserated with Walid, I too have the Carolina Panthers DST. So Henry, Tannehill, Gaskin, Adams, Davis, Johnson. So Adams, Davis, Johnson, three very uh, unique last names, Jordan Reed and David Montgomery. So that's that. We did it, boys. Week 14. Next week will be week 15. Then next week will be week 16. Then we'll be mercifully free from this this uh, hell hobby of ours that's known as fantasy football. But Jeff, what about fantasy football leagues that have their championship in week 17? Find a new find a new fantasy football league because we're not here for you for that. Yeah. Uh, join join the football absurdity normal leagues that. Fake Classic T and I are going to set up next year for, for, for victims of league trauma. There you go. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, I have good news. We'll lead Evan. Unlike last year, this this actually recorded all in one go. So awesome. con- congratulations to us. Uh, we don't have to re-record a whole episode. So for Evan, for Waleed, thanks for listening. Take care and good luck in your fantasy playoffs. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Happy birthday, Mike.